Find Simon Constable and Cody Willard on Scudify and on the Scudify apps for iPhone and Android. Get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from you, you to Soho, Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yeah, we be tearing it up, you gon' get it, how you giving it up? Welcome everybody, this is no longer just Cody Underground, it is, as you can see in front of you, Cody and Constable Underground, my good friend and longtime colleague and whatnot, uh, Simon Constable is joining me from here on as co-anchor of Cody and Constable Underground. Welcome, Simon. Thank you so, thank you so much for having me, Cody. It's uh, here, live from Brooklyn. <laughs> I love it. I lived in Brooklyn myself for several years. Simon, what do you want to talk about today? You want to lead the discussion and, and let's just well, get going. I, th I think we should be talk talking about the, the economy a bit, which does seem to be getting a little bit better. It's it's no longer just, you know, a hair's breadth away from disaster, which it seemed to be for so many years. We're seeing things pick up a little bit. It's not great. I wouldn't say it's great, but it has picked up a little bit. Well, I, I push back on that because for the last four or five years, I've been bullish about stocks for sure, because I think corporate, the corporate economy, let's call it, has been on fire. And I think that continues. The entire Republican-Democrat regime, as I like to call it, is so focused on corporate profits, corporate corporate profit margins, the building of factories with welfare money for Tesla or who knows what chips Which companies. Which drives us both and crazy. That, and, and that stuff adds up so that, you know, you've got a corporate boom going on and it's creating, because of that and other factors like quantitative easing and 0% interest rates, a bubble-blowing bull market. So the market aside, though, talking about the economy, I feel like at least the last couple years, we've seen some traction in the economy away from just the corporate economy. I think the employment numbers, although, you know, the overall actual people working in the job force are, is still down, the employment's doing a lot better. I think it's yeah. in a growth cycle right now that's not about to peak. And unless there's some major black swan event that under, undermines all this, I think the path of least resistance for the economy is pretty good, pretty steady strength on a broader and scale here for the United States for the next year, and, two, and on, three. On, on that note, if only the, the government can stay out of the way. It's, it's, I have a garden here in, uh, in Brooklyn, and uh, one thing I know about plants is they will grow if you get out of their way. And uh, that's the trick, right? Get out of the plant's way and they grow. If the government will get out of the economy's way, then it will grow and that will be very good. And, and you're right about Tesla. The, the, the subsidies to Tesla are not really good things. Um, well, changing the regulations all the time doesn't help. Quantitative easing, 0% interest rates, free factories, all of this stuff costs somewhere. There's, it's not free. You know, Milton Friedman is the one who quote, coined the phrase, there's no such thing as a free lunch, and I'm no Friedmanite, I'm no monetarist. But the fact of the matter is that, yes, there is so much, there's so much subsidization in the corporate economy that I think middle class, rural America, I was just writing about this on Scudify a few minutes ago this morning, that middle class, rural America, inner city, people on welfare, they are all suffering and having any wealth they might otherwise have, health care that they might otherwise have, 
being sucked out into in the name of corporate profits and I don't know higher stock market prices and it's it's not a zero cost thing it, it costs somewhere renters suffer when homeowners get subsidized it, it, they, they do and there, let's, let's let's go on to one of those things about uh, corporate welfare and look at what Walmart did they they want to in the US increase the minimum wage that they pay people. I think it's to $15. Now, one of the things that people had been, to, and that, that I saw that out today, and that seems pretty good, and now they're going to do it with managers. In some ways, that's good, because one of the things I understand is that many Walmart workers were getting food stamps or you know supplemental nutrition assistance, right, which comes out of taxpayers' pockets. Now, if it can lift them out of that, and, and then the, the taxpayer doesn't have to pay. pay. Isn't that better? Is that going to happen, that, Cody? Maybe you disagree. I, 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 that's sort of a derivative Walmart welfare story. Because, let's be clear, Walmart gets all kinds of direct welfare, too. They benefit from 0% interest rates to the tune of billions of dollars of extra profits every year. They benefit from lower income taxes. and They negotiate lower real estate taxes when they go into a small town. When they build themselves a new store, the Walmart shareholders and the Walmart company are being subsidized throughout. Yes, in addition to that, their employees are not paid enough to live a minimum subsistence that doesn't require yet more welfare to those employees then. And so, again, the welfare that Walmart itself is getting directly costs somewhere. Someone's paying for that. And it is even the employees that then have to go and ask for more welfare. And in the end, it's probably the middle class that's shouldering the burden of both the corporate welfare as well as the poor people welfare. And let's be clear, too. At $15 an hour... You're talking about $30,000 annualized in a year. You're not a huge income at all. It's still very, you know, you're still, if you've got two or three kids, $30,000 a year is barely going to cover, you know, a decent house, some entertainment, some education, and I don't know how you're going to really afford health care unless you get in something like I am, which, by the way, everybody out there listening who needs good health care, check out Samaritan Ministries. It's a really neat program that I'm part of. Okay, well, that, that is good, actually. And the uh, one thing I would add about the, uh, the the healthcare thing, we could actually really drive down the costs of healthcare if we were allowed interstate commerce of like me being able to buy health insurance from Tennessee, because most of the cost of health insurance is medications, you know, and they don't cost any different in Tennessee than they do in New York. The 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 healthcare problem. I mean, I think everybody in America knows that the healthcare system as it is today isn't sustainable. Whether it's three years or 10 years or 30 years, oh, that yeah. is up for debate. But it's a broken system. You can't have the healthcare companies, the hospitals, the biotechs, the drug companies at record margins, 99% gross margins, 75% gross margins. For comparison, Apple's at 40% gross margins, and it's the most profitable company on the planet. But its margins themselves are m half of what, say, Gilead is charging the taxpayer, in the end, because of our system of partly government-controlled but profiteering by the corporations who sell to that taxpayer subs to that taxpayer fully funded taxpayer system, they're they're profiteering. They're raping us at this point with those profit margins themselves. That's a problem. The entire system's busted. You can't forever have. My friends and family, and even myself, when I used to be at Fox for a while, 
not able to find reasonable health care coverage and yeah. those companies then taking home billions of dollars of profits it's, at 99 percent gross margins it's yeah, just it, a bust it, 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 it is it is absolutely crazy uh, one other thing before we before we sign off let's talk about where you see some value category wise in the market i know you love tech right and i know you love the the revolution uh, of, of of apps and, and and wearables and all that sort of stuff but more more broadly than that, where do you see some value? Do you still see a role for bonds in your portfolio? No, I don't. I don't think bonds. Zero if, bonds. Is that what you would have? If you have, if if you if you've got a time horizon of more than say two to three years, I wouldn't touch bonds right now. Again, I wouldn't try to time a top on them necessarily and bet that they're about to crash. But no, I don't think the one to three percent that you might get in most bond portfolios is worth the potential actual risk of downside in those bonds being sold off over time. If you're looking for yield, I'd rather own, and by the way, I'm selling my Intel today, but it still is a decent yielding stock. Um, Lindsay LNN is a water supply company that helps irrigations and whatnot. That is a company that has about a 2% yield. SanDisk is another one. You can get reasonable yield in the actual stock market, even within the tech sector, in a high growth tech sector, Without having to expose yourself to bonds, I wouldn't touch bonds for to save my life okay. right now. On the equity side, some people are saying that the uh, the dividend yields in general and the PE ratios are better, more favorable in Europe than they are in the U.S. There's a lot of problems in Europe, obviously. What do you think about investing in Europe? I, I'm, I tell people all the time, it's hard enough to trust that. Apple and Steve Jobs aren't going to backdate their options like he did, stealing billions of dollars out of my pocket as a shareholder back in 2005. It's hard enough to avoid an Enron or even what I think maybe Herbalife might be something like this. It's hard enough to avoid that type of stuff and to find a good Apple return and a Facebook kind of return on your investment in the United States. I don't ever want to go overseas. Maybe Europe you might look at. They've got reasonable laws and enforcement of those laws, but I stick with the United States almost exclusively. Okay. I do own Sony, for example, but that is a opportunity kind of play where I'm an opportunist, and when I see something like Sony at 16 bucks, like it was last summer, I stepped in and bought it. I still own it. I think it's got some upside, but that's a rare exception. Without it's the, it's the, the vast majority of the time, the I stay domestic. Okay, well, very, you know, very clear that. You see, these are good answers, clear, definitive answers, which makes you unlike a lot of people in the business, right? You know, the two-handed economist. Anyway, this is great. Hey, let's do this again next week. It's awesome. We'll see you again next week. It's Cody and Consul Underground. And by the way, I yeah. think you can tell I am still a two-handed economist with my hands flying around here. It's <laughs> my mom's great. influence. Simon, thanks for joining Cody and Constable Underground. I'm really excited and to Cody, do this with you from here joining. on. Cody and Constable. All right, everybody, Tuesdays uh, is publication date. That's Cody and Constable Underground. See you next week. How did he did it? What he doing to his artists and about the way he living? Take a hit, make a hit, keep a tunnel vision. Sign a deal with the fans, go to music prison. Who believe you a prophet when you enjoy your music? Get a clue, yo, do I blew your mind from you, you to Soho, Cody Willow, New Mexico, Lobo, Muddy Souls, get around like hobos, yo, we be tearing it up, 
And you gon' get it how you giving it up. Keep on giving while you giving it up. Live, live, living while you living it up.